Praise God. Amen. So volunteer for Thrive Kids. Amen. Hallelujah. You like my picture? You ever had a picture? Or you ever pictured something in your life? How something should go? Doesn't always turn out as the way you pictured it? Let, let me. There was a man named Joseph. And a little 15 year old girl named Mary. And the scenario in their lives didn't exactly go the way that they pictured it. And then they get to go around and tell everybody it's not what it looks like. But the truth is sometimes we picture things in our lives and the way things should go or the way things should turn out and it doesn't always turn out the way we pictured it. For some people in the room tonight, you always dreamed of being married. Oh boy. Not just you, Elisha. Amen. Other people. How he would, Kyla, we're still not sure, but here we are. Amen. Not teasing. You always, no, hear me though. Seriously, people dream their whole life of being married, and then they get married and everything's great, and the next thing you know, things crash and burn, and they end up divorced. God, I picture it, it was going to be like this. Have you ever, I mean, really, in your life, had a situation maybe not turn out the way you pictured it would go? And the truth is, we're living in a day and an age where everything has a filter on it. Help me. Everything's catfished. Oh boy. People take a picture at the beach with their kids. Oh, the greatest day ever. Truth is, that was for like three seconds you got the kids to smile after 150 pictures that you took. And the truth is, little Johnny was ripping on little Susie's hair. And little Susie spit on Johnny. Come on. But to the whole rest of the world, you had the great... Why? Because you framed it that way. I'm going to show you in a minute. Just because people frame things a certain way doesn't mean... But what do you do when you deal with things in life and it's not how you pictured it? Or God gave you a word and you haven't quite seen it come to pass that way. Come on, help me somebody. Or you're dealing with some things in this life and it's like, wait a minute, God, where are you in this? Or you find yourself like Joseph and you're in the pit. And the truth is sometimes we're in the pit of life. Pit could stand for profit in training. That God sometimes will take you to places that you can only rely on Him. That yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thy rod and thy staff are what comforts me. The truth is we all need to learn how to frame some things. Reframe some things. Help me, we've been talking on holy habits and on mindset, but I want to tell you tonight, sometimes a picture is worth a thousand words. This picture means a lot to me. What do you mean? Just a couple of guys. They aren't even Amish. Amen. 
But this picture was my great-grandfather's. Multiple times he moved, it was always in the kitchen of his home. So after he passed and they were doing what they were doing, getting rid of stuff, doing whatever, I said, can I have that picture? Probably not worth much to most people. It's worth a lot to me. Why? Because when I look at it, it's framed differently. It's not what you all see. It's, it's, when I look at it, it's different memories to me. It's different things to me. It's I went through some hard stuff, and it's the only thing I got left of it. Oh, man. And for the truth, the truth of the matter is, for all of us, we deal with things in life, and it's not always as we picture it, but we've got to learn to reframe it. I've been talking on renewing your mind. You've got to work on this thing called cognitive bias. Because the truth is we all have cognitive biases in our mind. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.3, our main text tonight, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Oh, help me Lord. Through faith. How? Through faith. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. If I quit right there, I already gave it to you. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. So things which you're seeing were not made of things which do appear. The filters you have shape how you see life. The filters you have shape how you see life. Well, I grew up poor, so we're always going to be poor. No, that's the filter you put. Poverty mindset. Mindset stuck on lack can't produce an abundance of anything. It's the filter you put on it. I told a dear brother the other night, you asked Carolyn. Palma, it's it's a beautiful island. We were there in 2018. I never thought we'd be back to help a church. We got off a cruise ship one day there, had a wonderful time. Amen. Got back on the cruise ship, went to the next place, 2018, and now we are back to help a church. But I felt the Spirit of the Lord speak to me about some things while I was there, so I shared it with them. We went over to see the new building the first day we're there, and all these people are working and serving, building the building, doing the stuff and whatever. The first man, Brother Keith, I shook him by the hand. And speak any English. And I felt the Spirit of God speak to me about him. The Lord says, This man owns a business. And he's given of his time, his talent, his treasure, and put it in to help build my house. Tell him I'm about to give him a bunch of employees and bless his business beyond his wildest dreams. Now, for all I know, but that's why you gotta be attuned to the Spirit of God. So could I could I make a show of it publicly? Yeah, but I don't do that. I went in the other room with him and somebody who could translate, amen. He began to weep. He said, I've worked here for a year without one nickel of pay. I've been paying my people to work here. I've been wondering how we're going to make it. Brother, you got to look at it with a different frame. I told the pastor, I said, look, I'm here to help you. We'll bless you with American money, things of that nature. But you got to teach the people 
seed time and harvest. Because American money might help you today, but you've got to look longevity. Somebody said to me, well, we only have poor people to come to this church. I said, well, if I was you, I saw Jeff Bezos' new yacht. All these yachts parked there and whatever. I said, let me help you. Get all your soul winning teams. Head them down to the docks. <laughs> Carolyn, didn't I? I said, I'd start with knocking on the door of Bezos' yacht there if I was you. Amen. And all these yachts. I said, no, let me help you. The Lord showed me. Anything you could ever need, want, or desire, the Lord's already put in this island. But you're not looking at the not looking at this the right way. Now, wait a minute. When I began to look at it and say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. You begin to look at it and say, wait a minute, God, I believe everything I need, want, desire, you've already put here in the earth for me. You already have angels on assignment to bring it to me. Come on. Goodness and mercy are still chasing me all the days of my life. God, lest the Lord builds a house, those who labor, labor in vain. That's how you frame it. I'm not dealing with your am sick. I'm dealing with your by his stripes you were healed. It's a frame. It's a filter. But the truth is the filters you have will shape how you see life. That's why it's important to use the filter of God's word. The filter of God's word. Not your circumstance, not your situation. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I hear. That's for darn sure. I ain't moved by what I see. I'm moved by what the word of God says. The word of God needs to shape my filter. Needs to shape my thinking. Shape my speech. Shape my believing. Because ultimately what you think is what you believe. And what you believe is what you'll receive. So a cognitive bias is a mistake in reasoning based on personal experiences or preferences. A cognitive bias is a mistake in reasoning based on personal experience or preference. He said, well, brother, I know we got 1,500 people, but everybody's poor. They're a service worker. I said, because you're not teaching them to give. He said, people will leave if I teach on it. I said, let them leave. He said, could I have you in to teach on it? I said, gladly. I said, let me just tell you something. When I come, uh, I pay my own airfare. I pay my own hotels. I pay my own travel. I pay my own meals. I don't ever turn in a receipt to a ministry. And I believe God. He said, I've never heard of somebody doing that before. I said, yeah, because I come from a different crowd. You know why? Because my filters are different. People tell me, I don't think you ought to do that. I don't think I asked you. And people say to me, must have been nice traveling like that. I said, it is. You should try it sometime. You know, the first time we went to Europe, we didn't have money to do so. You know what we did? Made a plan. Decided this is the trip we're going to do. This is what it's going to cost. This is how we're going to save. Oh, oh, wait a minute. You've got a dream, but you don't have a plan to accomplish your dream. Don't tell me about your dream. You don't have a dream. you got a pipe dream. I don't want to hear, oh, the Lord called me to. Okay, how are you actively working to accomplish that thing? Or you want to do nothing and expect God to do everything for you? I told somebody on the plane the other day, I said, I might come back and not have a church. But I'm going to tell you the truth, whether you love me or hate me. Too many Christians laying around in their blessed assurance. You figure that out on the ride home. Oh, I don't like God's not doing anything for me. No, what are you doing about it? When are you going to start working like everything depends on you and then pray like everything depends on God? Meet somewhere in the middle. Where's your hustle at? Or you have the filter of, well, God never. No, 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 no. Shut up. 
I'm just going to Facebook about who cares? Well, I'm just going to talk about them. I don't care. Somebody said, well, you don't. No, I just don't care to hear what anybody has to say. That's arrogant. No, it's growth. Number one tonight, thank God for what didn't happen. Oh, oh Lord, help me. You ever just thank God for what didn't happen? I have. I thank God for taking people out of my life. It hurt when they were going. It's like a bowel movement. Some people are like a bowel movement. Amen. They hurt in your stomach till you let it go. You need to flush it and forget it. Flush and forget. It's the only thing you get tonight. Flush and forget. Some of you are laughing. It's true. It's true. Oh, no, you're not the victim. Grow up. Be a man. Let me start it. Well, I was just so hurt. Listen, we've heard your song and dance for years. Shut up, grow up, be a man. Man up. So sick of men. Call themselves men anyway. Freaking sissies. Grow up. You're like a middle school girl. Hopefully the middle school girls are all in Thrive Kids right now. Amen. Some middle school girls are more men. Never mind. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good. Somebody say for good. good. To them who are called according to his purpose. Wait a minute. They work together for good. Works together for good. It's good. I love that song. There's a breaking in my favor. As I praise. It's working for my good. It's working in my favor. His favor surrounds me like a shield. His angels are encamped around me. Though a thousand may fall on my right side, ten thousand on my left is not going to harm me or my household. Come on, it's all how you frame it. You either be the victim or the victor. You can't be both. You cannot be both. As long as you're crying the victim, you're not walking in victory. It's time to grow up. So sick of, I'm a victim. No, you're not. You choose to be the victim. You choose to live there. Well, they hurt me. I get it. Get over it. One-step counseling. Build a bridge and get the heck over it. So sick of, you're 56 years old. Well, in seventh grade, somebody picked on me. That's the world we're living in. Look at it. Let me tell you, this agenda, all this crap getting pushed in this country, we were all over Europe. I didn't see anybody celebrating anything or any crap getting pushed down anybody's throat. It's all in America, and it's fake from the media trying to shove things and an agenda through this country. It's a wicked agenda and an antichrist spirit. Oh, Europe's so bad. Europe's whatever. I've been there multiple times and haven't seen half the crap the media spews here. Been in the Middle East. Been in Israel. Fake news. Well, CNN told me. Flush it and forget it. Fox told me. Do the same thing. Two heads of the same snake. God, I believe you have a plan. And all things are working together for my good. What about Biden? God, I believe you have a plan. I held that picture up the other day and he wiped out. Amen. No, Jason. It's a joke. It's a joke. Some of y'all just need to laugh a little bit. Look, it's how you frame it. Some of you are worried when Biden got in there, the world was going to end. 
His term's coming to an end. Some of you, when Trump was in there, thought the world was going to end. His term came to an end. People come, people to go. But all things will still work together. Oh, man. My world's not framed by a politician. Or the Fauci-ouchie. Amen. Or anything else. My world's framed by what God said. This world was framed by the word of, oh, man. By the word of, yeah, it's all how you frame it. It's all how you frame it. Come on. Genesis 50, 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. It's all how you frame it. Sometimes you got to just thank God for what didn't work. Thank God for who left. Thank God for who's not in your life anymore. Somebody thought it was a country song singing thank God. No, amen. It's a biblical principle. I thank God for who's not with me. For if God be for me, who can be against me? Come on. Some people I know, well, I started a business and the business failed. No, you stopped coming to church. Oh. You quit tithing because you got a little bit of money. Now you're bankrupt. Why? Because you're not doing it God's way. You're serving money, not God. I like to come to church. Sunday night, it gets dark outside. It's dark every night of the week. I got no problem being wherever else. Yeah. Doing the boogie or whatever it is. Amen. Our thoughts often shape our experience. What do you do at Numbers 13, Numbers 14? Twelve spies. The facts were no different. It was the filter. The facts were no different. It was the filter. What do you mean, brother? Well, ten out of the twelve spies that came back had negative reports. Two of them were of a different report. God called them to the promised land. They all said, well, I'd like to go there, but there's giants. I went in the bathroom before. This brother and brother Matt here. I said, it's a bad day when I'm the smallest guy in the room. Amen. There's giants in the land. There's grapes so big if it breaks off a branch, it's going to drown me. Think about this. This is in your Bible. Numbers 13, Numbers 14. Negative, negative, negative. You know why? Because they had a cognitive bias. Oh, man. Because they're hell-bent towards negativity. Instead of looking at it through the filter of the Word of God and said, Boy, you see giants. I see giants being slain. I see a land of milk and honey. I see goodness and mercy chasing me all the days of my life. Come on, say amen. Do me a favor. Name ten of the spies. Name one of them. We remember the two who were of a different report. I said, you remember the two. You know why? Because fear always makes you forgotten. But faith will lead you into a place where God will bless you. God will honor you. God will lift your head and shoulders above the rest. God will cause, hey, even when your own family doesn't believe in you. Jesse, they came to anoint the next king of Israel's in your family. There's got to be another one. No, that's it. No, no, there has to be one more. Well, there is, but he's a redhead. He smells like sheep. You're my favorite redhead. Amen. He's got freckles. Now freckles is the end thing. They got filters with them. Amen. I saw somebody last week. They don't have freckles. Now on social media they do. Amen. 
His own father didn't believe in him. He didn't need therapy for 63 years. <laughs> My dad didn't believe in me. He left me out with the sheep. Here I am 63 years later making excuses for why I couldn't do the thing God called me to do because my dad didn't believe me. Who cares? If God be for you, who could be against you? No, the prophet said, anoint him, rise, anoint him. He's the next one to be the king over all of Israel. Why? Because it's a different filter. Say amen to this. It's framed a little differently. It's not about who doesn't believe in you. It's if God be for me, who could be against me? It's not about who's with me. It's God is with me. God's angels are going before me. I believe God's word is true. My life will be framed by the word of God. Come on. The facts are no different is the filter. Is the filter. Number two tonight. We got to practice pre-framing. Pre-framing. Come on. By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. And what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So much power. Those chairs you're sitting in, they didn't come from anything you could be seen. Uh-oh. That iPhone in your pocket, it all came from the earth. It was never seen before until somebody thought about it differently. Until somebody framed it differently. God will give you a dream, an invention, or a business, or an idea. I pray that all the time for people. People don't believe it. The people that do take it by faith and see God open, wide open things in them. I pray all the time, God, give people a dream, an invention, a business, or an idea. When Bezos pulled up that thing, how long was that thing? 400 and some feet? The glorified sailboat is a super yacht. $750 million that guy paid for that thing. I walked away, I think I said, why would you pay that for a sailboat? On Amazon cruise ship. I didn't even know they existed. Yeah. You probably bought half of that. Your husband's painfully shaking his head yes. Amen. I heard one preacher say this week, he said, the women need to quit shopping and spend more time in prayer. I didn't say it, but I was related to the guy that did. Amen. (laughs) Hear me. The way you frame something will be the way you perceive something. The way you frame something will be the way you perceive something. Reframing is creating a different way of looking at a situation or relationship by changing its meaning. You can't control what happens, do you? But you can control how you frame it. Oh, man. Can I read you what Paul said in Philippians chapter 1? Now, this is the new whiners version. (laughs) Came right out of America. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me really sucks. (laughs) As a result of the hell I've been through, I'm quitting the ministry and never going back to that church again. That's, that's Philippians chapter 1 in the New Winers version. That doesn't exist. That's why Brooke didn't have it on the screen. Amen. She texted me. She said, what's NWV? I said, that's the New Winers version. <laughs> 
that's preached from most woke churches in America. Amen. Oh, boy. No, here's what it really says. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Now, now let me show you how Paul frames this. Paul is in Rome. And Paul believed if he went to Rome, God bless the Italians. What are the rest of y'all, Irish? Not to him. Paul went to Rome and believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that if he could preach the gospel in Rome, it would cause the gospel to spread like wildfire everywhere. Except he finds himself in Rome, and he's not exactly getting a preaching tour that he thought. It's not exactly how he pictured it. You know what really happened? He's chained. He's chained in prison to a different high-ranking official for eight hours at a clip. Now, wait a minute. He writes this. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, what has happened is actually served to advance the gospel. Why? Because it's all how you frame it. It's about framing it. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. So, wait a minute, wait a minute. He thought he's going to preach world tour revival. He's bust out a young guy's dreams at once. God's going to get me an arena. No, God might chain you up to somebody. God's going to give me a jet. No, God might chain you in a prison somewhere. Instead of looking at it and complaining, oh man, your faith can lift you up. Oh. He reframed it and said, oh, wait a minute. You chained up to me for eight hours? Get ready to hear the gospel. I'm a long-winded preacher. For eight hours at a clip, you're not going to hear anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified and how he died to save your soul. Come on, say amen to this. Why? Because it's how you framed it. It's how he framed it. I'm not negating it's a bad situation, but stop looking at it like everybody else looks at it. And preachers all, you ask Carolyn, how'd you do this? How do you get this? How do you whatever? How? God. God. Uh, planes. God. God. God alone gets the glory for everything. Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, he talks about you live in houses that you haven't built. I've fed you. You understand? God literally used a vulture bird to feed flaming yon to his people and fed him so much of it in the wilderness it was coming out of their nostrils. Read it in the Old Testament. And God can't do what for you? He'll use a vulture bird to prove that's who he is and sovereign over everything. And says, okay, you're complaining you don't have meat? I'm going to give you so much meat it's going to pour out of your nostrils. Read it. Well, I'm in the wilderness, brother. No, he's the God of the wilderness. He's the God mountain high or valley low. It's all how you frame it. I said, it's all how you frame it. Well, I'm sick. No, I'm looking through the frame as by his stripes I am healed. That Christ is the healer. He's working on my behalf. That something good's happened to me. I expect a miracle. I expect goodness and mercy to follow me when I'm coming in and going out. I'll be blessed in the field and blessed in the city. I'll be blessed coming in and blessed going out. The Bible says I'll be the head and never the tail. Above and never beneath. Why? Because I'm framing it by the word of God. Framing it by God's word. Well, brother, I only have poor people in my church. I said, let me help you. God loves rich people as much as he does poor people. I said, I'll tell you what, I'm sick of the prejudice that's gotten the body of Christ that God only cares about poor folks. 
Red, yellow, black, and white, they're all precious in his sight. Imagine if Jeff Bezos was saved. Right. You know why he's not? Because Christians don't have the faith to believe that God can do oh. Preachers don't have the faith to believe that God can do it. I said, brother, I was building a church in Hosedale. I said, when God couldn't get Christian people to give to the work, he had unsaved people. Give me things. Well, brother, you must know people. I said, no, I know God. And God will speak to people and cause men. The Bible says he'll cause give to be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He'll cause men to give into your bosom. He'll cause unsaved people. Unsaved people to get behind the work of God, to get behind the vision of God. And I'm telling you, all you have to do is set your sails and believe in faith in the wind of the Holy Ghost. I said, the wind of the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because I don't look at things like people look at them. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. I don't believe it's God's will for people to be blessed. That's an American. That's a prosperity. Keep sucking on your cigarette and complaining about what everybody else is doing. Ask, ask Rick. I was sitting with him this morning. Somebody said, when you gave away that motorcycle, weren't you worried people were going to criticize you? I said, did I ever tell you how much I could give a rat's tail, amen, about what people criticize or what people say? I said, let me help you. The people criticize me have never supported me anyway. I said, no, you know what really makes them bad? Put a picture of a plane. That gets all the religious devils stirred. <laughs> I said, I'll just keep giving and giving and giving, and they'll get mad, Marsha, when the harvest just keeps coming back. <laughs> I sat down at a table the other night, a couple of preachers. Oh, boy. Jesus, help me. That's Carolyn. I was biting my tongue, biting my cheeks, biting everything, so I didn't bite their heads off. First thing out of her mouth, I can't stand faith preachers that preach that power of the seed nonsense. I'm sitting there going, oh. Carolyn's trying to defuse the bomb before it goes off. And I'm preachers that fly around with a jet. Yeah, imagine me sitting there. We're about to go through like a four-hour meal. And I'm going, God, the testing of my faith <laughs> produces a punch in their face. Amen. No. Same guys... Hear me, criticize that stuff because they put a filter on You put a frame on it, it says, no, God can't do that. But he can do it for the owner of Playboy. I told a guy the other day, a preacher, I, I took him down, ask Carolyn. I took him down and pointed all those yachts all around that thing. And I said, why doesn't any Christians own these things? I said, why is this all people who serve the devil? have these 40 and 50 million dollar boats as toys and not one child of God owns one of these things I said brother I'd like to have one like Bezos got I put a big old tattoo Jesus is Lord on the side of that thing everybody I drive by just to shove it in the devil's face oh that's extreme no God can do anything and God will use anybody who's willing to be used by him but it's all how you frame it what you really how you see from God is what you receive from God
got to stop looking at God with natural eyes. When you look at him with natural eyes, you neutralize what he's trying to do. We're just a small mom and pop business. Why not expand? Why not? McDonald's was nothing at one point. Now there's nowhere in the world you can't see McDonald's everywhere. We were somewhere in Milan the other night. Beautiful Louis Vuitton, all the stuff, whatever. Guess what's in the background? All these people getting their picture. Louis Vuitton. No, you got McDonald's in the background. Now, this might sound extreme. Why? Because you've been taught bad religion. I told a preacher the other day. It was just him and I out on the golf course. He said, I want to spend some time with you alone. I said, well, I prefer my wife to do that, but here we are. Amen. One of these days, they're going to take my credentials one of these days. <laughs> I have to get them first. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me. I said, you know, brother, he got talking on these things. And all of a sudden, I started whacking that golf ball. He said, i never seen a ball hit that far. I said, because you rung my bell. I said, you went and stirred it. Between you guy and the guy last night at dinner, Amen. I said, let me ask you something. I gave him my Santa Claus thing. I said, let me help you. Children are born natural believers until you teach them to doubt. Oh. Children are born natural born believers. They'll believe anything until you teach them how to doubt. Until you tell them with your stinking thinking that it can't be done. Or God can't do that. Or we'll never have enough. Or we'll never be able to do it. Why? Because that's the filter you've put on things. And you frame things and look at things with the never enough mentality. With, as if God's not El Shaddai. If, if God's not Jehovah Jireh. If God's not my provider, my peace, my banner. You taught them doubt and unbelief. And the devil's sitting back laughing. And our pulpits are full of it. Most sermons are like bull. Two points and a bunch of in-between. And that's what we've taught people. Why? Because we're afraid people will leave. We're teaching people how to cope. I don't want to teach you how to cope. I want to teach you how to overcome. Yeah. I'm not interested in coping. I'm overcoming overwhelming victory. Yeah. Jesus didn't die for you to cope. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm just learning to cope. My... No, no, no. Learn to say, I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm framing this thing by the word of God. Oh, Well, I'm middle-aged and I haven't been married yet. Frame it differently. Maybe try smile. Hey. I better not. Rick's lucky he's not here. Amen. Chase for the race. No, seriously. Why not? I just don't. I, I, no, no, you're framing it wrong. We got to learn to pre-frame some things. Pre-frame our health. Well, my kid's just a drug addict. No. Why not look at it through a frame of God? I thank you. You got angels on assignment stirring that boy up. 
God, that you're drawing him by the power of your Holy Spirit, Father. I see him worshiping you. I see hands lifted high. I see him becoming a preacher. No, all you've been doing is speaking the lie of the enemy over your life over and over and over again and wondering why nothing's changing. Why? Because the miracle's in your mouth, but the death is also in your mouth too. Proverbs 18, 21, the power of life and death is in your tongue. And you eat the fruit thereof. That's good or bad. Good or bad. You know the best thing we could ever do as Christians? Is never learn to doubt. Oh, man. I learned there was a different crowd of people who aren't moved by what they see. They aren't moved by what they feel. All these preachers ask me over there, how'd you get tied up with so-and-so? I heard you're connected. How? How? Because I never learned how to doubt. I hate doubt and unbelief. It's cancer to your soul. I said it's cancer to your soul. Believe God. Anybody tells me I can't? Bye, Felicia. It's the nicest way I know how to say it. Why? You know how many people told me we couldn't do this? You know how many of them I listened to? Oh, man. <laughs> I told my parents the other day, I said the first day when Tom the Com shut down the state, I got, pu- <laughs> I got pulled over. <laughs> Tommy the Commie. I got pulled over coming, coming over to the hill in Waymar by God's Mountain a property that we own. Coming over the hill, and all of a sudden I see the berries and cherries in the thing. I thought, I wasn't doing anything wrong. Although it did look like the apocalypse when I was driving up here because there was no other cars on the road. So I get pulled over, and I got license registration. Like a 20-year-old kid with a badge. You know how that goes, right? High sheriff of heaven. And I said, what are you pulling me over for? Haven't you heard the governor's orders? I said to him, haven't you ever heard of Boston Tea Party? (laughs) It didn't go so well. The governor decreed everybody's to stay home. Don't you know about COVID? I said, no, never heard of it. (laughs) He says, well, nobody's allowed to work. I said, oh, yeah, he's going to pay my bills. You're going to build this church? You going to do anything? I didn't think so. So he could stay home. Oh, that's arrogant. No, I was sincere. For a lot of people, 2020 was the worst year of their life. I look back at 2020 through the front. Wait a minute. We knocked out a wall here. We built this there. Come on, somebody. Oh, there was a time we had to tape the windows up and tape the door and put all kinds of stuff up and operate in here like it was Nazi Germany. But I'm telling you right now, we just kept working and just kept building. And I'm not going to say, oh, you're a rebel. rebel." No, no, no. I knew what God called me to do, and the governor's not the one who called me to do it. You know how many pastors told me they shut down their churches because they're afraid of the government? Oh. oh, don't get me going. Well, the governor, decri- wait a minute. First off, he never, ever said, actually he did, and then he backpedaled as quick as he said it because he got threatened to get sued. All churches must close. That was a lie. So that was a lie. Raid the pit of hell. Yeah, it's the devil. Spirit of Babylon did the same thing. Oh, man. Did the same thing in the Old Testament. My mother-in-law is here tonight. Her and my father-in-law got fines for going to church in Montreal. Still have court hearings coming up. Yeah, like fine big amounts of money. Still went to church. Not in America. We're hiding with our 
tail between our legs. No, it's all how you frame it. I look back and say, 2020 was a great year. God, I thank you there was no traffic on the way to Homestead. I had a state trooper come knock on that door one day we were working here. He says, you're not allowed to work. I said, oh, yeah? Says who? Well, the governor. I gave him the same spiel. I said, either arrest me or beat it. I said, look, I honor you guys. I pray for you guys. I get that you're just doing your job, but I'm here to do my job. I said, and by the way, it's me, myself, and I in here, so who am I going to infect? Myself? I didn't wear a mask a day in my life. Ask Rick. I got us bounced out of the gym over it. Amen. <laughs> That's political. No, it's truthful. It's truthful. Stop anything. It's how you frame it. A lot of people, 2020 is worth it. I go back through my camera roll and look at things that took place in 2020. Or how about 2021? Levi George was born. Well, it was the word. No, it wasn't. We started this church. Held our first service, Christmas of 2020. You were here. Don't get me going on the stories, but I'll tell you this. Came up here, rented the building down there to hold Christmas services. There was a precious girl who'd been struggling with meth who got delivered at Christmas. I called my dad on the phone on the way home. I said, I don't care if I don't have a launch team. If nobody goes with me, I'll use every dollar I got in savings and whatever else I have to do. But I'm going back starting next Sunday, and I'm holding meetings every Sunday until Jesus sells elsewise. And we started Thrive Church. Didn't have a scheme, a plan, a team, none of that. I had nothing except the Lord. Lest the Lord build the house, those who labor, labor in vain. But I looked at it differently. There's no secret sauce to church. It's give God the glory. It's lest the Lord builds the house. It's set yourself on fire with the Holy Ghost. Pour yourself out and get filled up again. It's all how you frame it. This, we'd never be in this building if we tucked tail and hid the last couple years. There's times we didn't have anything. We're in here pacing the floor praying and believing God. God sent me Jim and Paul. My God, did he ever send those guys to me. First day I ever met Paul. Actually, I used to work with Dylan back in the day, so Paul's still upset about that. <laughs> Remember, Jim? This place was a freaking mess. We are working. It was pouring rain outside. The first thing we did in here, there's an old piano out of tune. I sat down playing the piano. And we all lifted our hands in here and started praying. Started thanking God. Kenny, am I telling the truth? You played with me. Amen. Two auto-tune instruments. And Grant, I sure don't sing like you. Amen. <laughs> Gave God the praise and then started tearing this place apart. It was pouring rain outside. Paul worked outside for 12 hours straight in the pouring rain. And I thought, I don't know who this guy is, but I like him. Then I found out he's Italian. <laughs> so I knew I definitely liked him. Amen. God gave me those two brothers. We started this church. Didn't have anything. Gave up traveling. Gave up doing whatever. Just believe God. But you ask these guys, I, didn't I say all the time, I'm going to do this debt free. I'm not borrowing money. 
I said to the Lord over and over again, God, if i got to sell my house to build the church, it's yours. Well, my vehicle, they're yours. Anything I have, God, I'll sell it. I'll do whatever I have to do to build your house. I'll lay anything on the altar. It costs me. Why? See, for most people, that's extreme because you're not willing to do the thing God's called you to do. Therefore, you're never... Oh, man. Your kids at home? Got stuff to take care of? I tell the Lord over and over again, God, if you don't give us a miracle, I'll sell it. Just say the word. I'll give it all. I've done it before. That's bragging. No, it's boasting of the Lord, but it's pre-framing something. It's, we walked around this thing. We didn't have any plans to do this building. I had it here. I said, no, we're going to do a door there. We're going to do doors over there. This is going to open up. That's the pay- that was the old parsonage. It hadn't been touched since 1942. So the dust to prove it. Amen. Didn't I? These guys are doing electrical. I don't think they've ever done electrical with somebody that just sees it in their head and doesn't have it on paper. Amen. The termites were in business. Amen. They'd say, how many outlets are we doing here? So we're doing this here. Framing walls, wasn't I? Why? Because I saw it by faith. You pre-frame something. Oh, that's disorganized. No, no, no. It's called visionary leadership. Oh, man. Let me help you. You got to see your family through that lens. You got to learn to worship God wherever you're at. You got to learn to believe God where you're at. You got to learn to look at things, not as everybody else look at things. The gift of faith isn't some amazing thing. It's literally just seeing things as God sees it and calling things to be not as though they were and watching them come to pass. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. It's not that the facts are different. It's how you reframe it. It's not that the facts are different. It's how you reframe it. Number three tonight and lastly, you can look for God's goodness. Oh, boy. You ever just look for something good to happen? You just look for it? I love that old song I used to sing in Brother Robert's meetings. Something good is going to happen to you. I walk around all the time. Not a good singer. So I like about being in Europe because they all speak different languages. So I can walk around speaking in tongues. I can walk around singing. Ask Carolyn, under my breath, something good is going to happen to me. God, I thank you. Something good is breaking in our favor. God, I thank you you're turning it around. Why? Because your praise is a weapon. See, your praise is a weapon. I don't got time to squawk with turkeys. Hang with turkeys, you'll be a turkey. Where I come from, turkeys end up in the trash can getting roasted on Thanksgiving. My Uncle Brian's here tonight. He turned 95 the other day. When I was a kid, every Thanksgiving at Chapman Lake, baby. Right? Turkey in a trash can. Not because we were poor, amen? Because turkey tasted good from the trash can. Now I pick up the trash cans. You do the math, amen? (laughs) Let me help you. You'll always find what you're looking for. You'll always find what you're looking for. Look for negative. All you ever see is negative. Oh, boy. Want to find a problem? You'll find it every time. People come to this church, we're just church shopping. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't offer you a deal at Walmart. It's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. And that's the day and age we're living in. 
well, I like the kids' ministry over here, so I'm going to pick that. It's like Christian wine tasting. Sorry, I come from Italy. Hey, man. Well, I, I just, oh, the way Brother Grant sings the music and that hairdo. It's like the finest Pinot I've ever tasted. It's only because Rebecca's not here tonight. Amen. This is the day and age we're living in. Well, if the preacher doesn't go along, I'll come back. Let me help you. You're going to heaven. You don't like long church now? You're not going to like heaven. What do you think heaven is? You don't turn into the Charmin baby and fly around and go, well, I'm going to go to church once a week in heaven at the first church of the frozen chosen for 45 minutes. Jesus preached a long time while he was on earth. Hello. His disciples go, aren't you going to feed them? You've been talking for a long time. Jesus said, you feed them. Well, we only have uh, two fish and a couple of loaves. You do something with your faith. Oh, Jesus. Ah, the way Brother Tyler puts the word. I wish he'd hurried up, though. I got somewhere to be. It's Honesdale on a Sunday night. Yeah, they roll up the sidewalks at like 2 o'clock this afternoon. It's still light outside. And the windows are tinted, so it's still extra light outside. I was in Ireland yesterday. It was light outside still till 10 o'clock at night. It reminded me of when I was in Alaska. It was like 23 hours a day. I was living out in the bush. <laughs> this is the day and age we're living in. But you always find what you're looking for. No, YouTube, YouTube, Bono singing. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You'll always find what you're looking for. Our marriage has so many problems. And that's how it'll be. She don't love me anymore. You aren't very lovable. Take a bath. Deodorant. It was only invented 100 years ago. Try it out sometime. <laughs> Brush your teeth. See, it sounds funny, but it's real. But instead of saying, look, everybody's got hurts, habits, and hang-ups, but honey, I'm grateful you stuck with me. I'm glad we got another day together. You're still my sugar mama. It's your thing. Do what you want to do, you know. <laughs> no, really. Look for the good every time you'll find good. Look, at you live in a broken world with broken people. You want to find negative? It's easy to do. The average brain has 80,000 negative thoughts a day. I'm trying not to be average. You'll always find what you're looking for. I hear preachers all the time complain about stuff in their church. Well, no wonder you got problems. It's in your mouth. I got problems. I run them out the door. I have anointing to do that. Amen. But no problem showing anybody where the door is. You know why? Because as preachers, I just want to find the good that God's doing. That's really the problem with social media. Really. I hate Facebook. Mostly for that reason. Everybody's got an opinion. 
Everybody's an expert on their opinion. Just ask. Welcome to the month of June where everybody's fighting over rainbows. Tell me I'm wrong. It's ridiculous. I know what I believe about rainbows. I know the one who created the rainbow. I got nobody to fight with because me and him are on the same page about it. You want to fight about rainbows? You got too much time on your hands. Too much time on my hands. Think about it, but this is, this is what it is. This is what June has turned into. You know what I think about June? Father, I thank you for the sunshine. I thank you, Lord, I'm going to get out on that lake. I'm going to get me a tan. Amen, brother. Not like Rick's fake tan, a real tan. Amen. He goes in the easy bake oven and it comes out looking like big red. Cherokee red in a bottle there. And he's Polish. Amen. Now think about it, though. Or we spend our time fighting over For what? Let me help you. You're not winning anybody to Jesus fighting about anything. You know the biggest issue I see in Europe in their history has been over and over again? The holy wars that have taken place. I learned the other day, we're in Ireland. They had a song, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. You know what that was written about? In the 1970s, the UK came into a soccer stadium and had a bloody massacre of people at a soccer game. Why? You know what it was about? Catholics and Protestants fighting. Oh, that's real honoring to God. Still fighting. No, really, though. That's, that's real Christ honoring. I'm sure that was God's will for somebody to shoot up a soccer stadium. Because you're debating your stupid religion. It breaks the heart of God. Let me help you. There'll be Catholic people in heaven. There'll be Protestant people in heaven. The only people that'll be in heaven are the people who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Your holy war has done nothing. I didn't think I'd get too many shouts on that. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Psalm 34, 8. Psalm 31, 19. I close. Team, you can come back. Lord, how wonderful you are. You have stored up so many good things for us. Like a treasure chest heaped up and spilling over with blessing. All for those who honor and worship you. Everybody knows what you can do for those who turn and hide themselves in you. I tell the Lord all the time, God, I pray you use me in such a way <laughs> that it causes the wicked to gnash their teeth. You know why? Lord, if you want to bless anybody, bless me, and you'll always get the glory for it. I'll never take credit for anything you've done. Anything I screw up, I'll take the blame for. Any good thing you see, I'll gladly give you all the glory for it. And if it makes people mad, I'm glad to take the heat. I might even salt the wound a little bit sometimes. I don't mind. I really don't. You know why? Because I want people to see what God can do. I mean that. I want people to know how good God really is. That you don't have to live a life like you don't have a redeemer. Your life doesn't have to look like everybody else's picture. Your life could look different the way you frame it. 
I hate testimonies that people get up and testify and act like they, serving the devil was the greatest thing in the world. The day they got saved, now their life sucks. It's just the opposite. People all the time, Man, I hate girls. We're still not convinced. Amen. I hate money. Cause then I serve God. No. Serving Jesus is the greatest decision I ever made. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. When are you going to start believing that God will actually do what he said he'll do? That he not only can do it, but he's going to do it for you. We were walking through a little town in Ireland Friday, yesterday, one of the days, I don't even know. On either side of the country, we weren't supposed to be there. In an area called a Latin Quarter, which is like elbow to elbow. And I know God loves me because it rains like almost all year round in Ireland. The weather sucks. We were there, full sun. And it was warm. They were all complaining it was hot. I was grateful. And still wearing a sweatshirt. Amen. And I'm walking through this crowd of people. Jeff. And I heard somebody, Pastor Tyler, grab me by the arm. I thought, I've been around a minute, but not that long. I turn around. Here's Eddie. Here's Jeannie. People that the Lord has touched and they come to this church every week. In Ireland, partners in the ministry. A couple years ago, their boys were the ones who drowned down here in the lake. I did a funeral earlier this year, right, Jeff? And he said, something's different about that boy. We're going to check out his church. Come here, the Lord touch him. Come, Jeannie, she's wearing Thrive merch all over Ireland. I kid you not. I said, Carolyn, that's how good God is. You could be in the middle of nowhere. I wasn't supposed to be on that side of the country. We were in that town for what, two hours? Thousands of people are up. What are the chances? It's impossible. The last thing I remember is all things are possible and that believe. That might not mean a lot to you, it might a lot to me. God dropped something in my heart. It meant a lot to them. That God always has a way. I'd say my biggest challenge every day is fighting with myself here. To cast out doubt, to cast out unbelief, to believe God is really going to do it, that God's taking care of it. And my kids are going to grow up serving the Lord. That this church's things are going to get better and better, continue to increase, and God's pouring out the Spirit. And it's working on my faith. You understand? I'm no special person. I'm just like everybody else. But I have to learn how to reframe things. My great grandfather, that picture belonged to. <laughs> he died a very wealthy man. But he didn't come from money. He only had a third grade education. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't have the education. Oh, you wouldn't tell him that. <laughs> I think it's where I got it from. I hate when people walk slow. Right? I turn around. Carol and my parents are like, what are you guys doing? Drink a Red Bull or something. Keep up. <laughs> my great-grandfather, he wouldn't walk places. He would run because he didn't want to waste the time. 
that true? But he taught us this. Martian is probably his fate, fault for getting me hooked up with these guys. Because he'd watch us when we were kids. And here's Brother Copeland on the TV. And Brother Jesse on the TV. And Brother Jerry on the TV. And Rod on the TV. And I got vaccinated. Infected. With faith. And no, I didn't always live it. No, I didn't always walk it. God was working on my picture. God didn't look at my picture as it was, but as it ought to be. And God was setting things up. And my grandfather said, you work hard and you give to God. Work hard, give to God. Work hard, give to God. So I've lived my life working hard and giving to God. <laughs> and watching God just pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out. Pour it out. Things just keep increasing. Things keep getting better. And God keeps doing it. And I can't even believe what he's doing. I said, Lord, I pray you continue to expand my territory, expand my thinking, God. Help me to frame things and see things as you see them, God. Help me to trust that your goodness is working for me, God. Help me to thank you for the things that didn't work out and work on pre-framing the situations and the things in my life, God. But also help me to always be looking for your goodness and looking for your mercy and realize they're chasing me all the days of my life. And when I die, the Lord should tarry that I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't want anything this world can offer me. I want everything Jesus has for me. I don't want to miss one thing that God has planned for me. Anything the world has planned, Satan has planned, can go right to hell where it belongs. I don't need to be distracted. I don't need to be caught up in nonsense. I just need to focus on Him and look at things not as they are, but as they ought to be. Very simple. But yet it's a real challenge. And it's an everyday thing. My Uncle Brian's here tonight. 95 last week. The week before that, he was saved 70 years. Two birthdays in a week. Can you imagine? But he'll tell you, it's a daily walk with the Lord. It's an everyday thing. It's not I check the box on Sunday. It's an everyday thing. It's a real lifestyle of following Jesus. And there's things that will come in your life that might not be the way you pictured it. But you can control how you frame it. Control how you see it. And may we be a people who look at the world and say, God, I see them through eyes of faith. I see them through eyes of faith. I see a miracle. I see your goodness and mercy. I was with a small group of preachers in Spain, and I closed with this. They need a miracle there. Calling it the Majorca miracle. God's doing what God's done, what God will continue to do. And they're believing God. So we had this nice dinner. And with a handful of preachers in the room, we raised $325,000 to the glory of God. Whew. Might not mean a lot to you. It meant everything to them. And I said, here's what my wife and I will do. And here's what my church is going to do. You have the money? No. God's got lots of money. See it by faith. And I told the guy when I was leaving, I said, do me a favor. When I get back to the States, I said, on Monday, get me to contact the way to send the money. And I said, I'll have it to you next week. 
How do you do it? Believe God. That my God shall supply every need according to his riches and glory that are in Christ Jesus. I've learned how to frame my finance by the word of God. The ministry's finance, Marsha, by the word of God. We're going to close with a missions offering. Every nickel you give, that's what it's going to. Right to Majorca, Spain. I'm not pressuring you to give. There's never any pressure. We receive two offerings on the first Sunday of the month every month. We just started that this year. And the second offering we receive, everything goes to missions. And I have a goal, if you want to be honest, be straight with you with the ministry here this year to put $100,000 in other ministries. I think it's pretty good, right? From this church. So, could we do, you know, would it help our bank account? Yeah, but I'm not worried about our bank account. Ask the guys on the board. I don't worry about anything. I don't got time to worry. Grant's uncle used to say, <laughs> worry is down payment on trouble you don't even have yet. Because God will always take care of it. He'll always provide for his work. We've come this far by faith. I gave somebody the dimensions this morning on another building. Saw it in my spirit. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, that's an awful big building. I said, I serve an awful big God. Faith can do what God can do. There's no pressure to give. We do this whether you're here or not. Because I believe God has mandated us to give to his work. I make no bones about it. I don't know how much we've given away to date so far this year. But I would say in the world missions and other ministries. Because we tithe on everything that comes in this ministry to other ministries. Because I, I not only personally do that. We do that from the ministry too. Because I wouldn't teach you on something that we don't practice. We're probably closing in on that $50,000 mark already so far this year. <laughs> well, that shocks some of you. You thought 100 was a stretch. I knew what he said. And then we made a plan. But yeah, but you got a building to finish next door. God will finish it. I got a bathroom to do upstairs. God will do it. God sent me a plumber. Amen. And another plumber behind him. And if I need it, he'll send another plumber too. He'll plumb every crack in this town. Amen. <laughs> need a sign. God, give me a sign, guy. I know in whom I have believed. You know what's funny is? They haven't said boo anymore about the letters up here. But they cashed my check. I was glad they did. The minute they cashed that check, that sign ain't ever coming down in Jesus' name. They make me bring cash? No, that was last time. Brother Jim wanted to give him an IOU, but we gave him cash. Hey, man. No, Jesus. 250K. Might want to hold on to that one. Never seen Dumb and Dumber? Hey, man. Hallelujah. Just wasting time. No, I'm waiting on the Lord. Just a minute.
I can even tell you that God's speaking to some people's spirits right now on what he'd have them to do. And he's wrestling with your heart. It's okay. Doesn't move you, it won't move God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You guys receive this word tonight? To help you? Rick got a sermon on the way up here. He's loading the vehicle at the house. He says, the heck are you doing with that picture? I won't tell you what he really said. Amen. You can call him forward to repent. I said, Rick, every time I look at that picture, it reminds me of what God said to me. I dealt with a bad situation a couple years ago after my great-granddad passed. Had to forgive some people, walk through some stuff. You ever been there? And one day I said to God, why would you allow this to happen? (laughs) And he said to me, Because when I bless you, no man will be able to take the credit for it. Right in that moment, everything lifted. And I framed it differently. And every time I look at that picture, it reminds me of what God said. That when you bless me, no man will take the credit for it. I'm here to tell you, there really is a real God who really loves you and has a great plan for your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you don't know my Jesus. I can feel in my spirit there's a couple people here that aren't quite right with God yet. We're going to settle the score. God bless you, Grant. That's called leading by example. First guy to put something in the missions offering. I wouldn't have people on this platform that aren't givers. This leadership in this church, they lead by example. And if they don't, they can lead their way out the door. Amen. Hallelujah. I preach enough Jesus for you to settle the score in your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer. So, dear Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner and I need you. When I die, I'll spend eternity with you. I receive what Jesus did. Father, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Help me frame the situations in my life through your filter. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah.
going to be all right. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Gary, whatever that pressure is, it's going to lift. It's going to be all right. Don't let the fear get you. Stay in faith. The Lord will drive that thing right out of the way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Can I pray for you? You'll be okay? Hi, I'm Tyler. Nice to meet you. Ariel? Mariel. Beautiful name. Where are you from? Awesome. Well, I'm glad you're here. You look familiar. That's okay. I'm glad you're here. God loves people from New York. He even loves people from New Jersey, believe it or not. Amen. He saved Grant out of New Jersey, and now he's here. Hallelujah. You have a wonderful spirit about you. I don't know if you know that or not. Sweet, sweet presence of the Lord. The message I preached tonight made a lot of sense to you, didn't it? Now that thing you've been praying about. Tonight when I preached, faith got elevated in your spirit. I could see it while I was preaching. Isn't that right? Yeah. I won't embarrass you. I'll embarrass myself, but not you. You're from New York. I can't embarrass you. I've known a few. Amen. Ran them back to New York. Just wait, Corrine. Amen. Hallelujah. Faith got in your spirit. <laughs> and it caused you to go, you know, God, that thing I've been praying about. Just need to reframe it. Right? I'm going to pray for you as a point of contact. The Bible says any two people would agree on anything, the Lord would do it for them. So I'm going to believe with you if that's all right. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for my new friend. That's the Holy Spirit, sister. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I put angels on assignment. Turn it around, God. Turn it around. We thank you for it, Lord. We give you the praise that you're the God of breakthrough. Elevator faith, God. Faith can do what God can do. Touch her by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray the Lord touches your husband too. What's his name? Guido. Guido? I thought he was Irish. He needs a touch from the Lord. Do you know that? You do know that? 
Well, God knows that too. I don't know Guido, but I can see by faith it needs a touch from heaven. So it's okay. We're going to believe God will touch him. Stretch a hand towards my friend. Thank God for the Guidos. Amen. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I put angels on assignment to touch Guido right now. Gifts of the Holy Spirit in his body. Gifts of healing, working of miracles. Father, touch his heart. Yeah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, touch his heart. Soften. Work him. Turn him around. I pray he'll be here with you someday. Because you prayed about that for a while, haven't you? Now either, well, there's no other way to say it than God would have to know that, wouldn't he? Because I've never met Guido, to my knowledge. No. Right. But you've prayed about that, isn't that right? Yes. Yeah. I know it seems bizarre, but God reveals things. Hallelujah. And God will perform what he reveals. So, Father, I call him Guido even now. Though he's tough on the outside. Right? That's right. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Brother Randy, people think you're a crock until the gifts of the Spirit get moving. Not you, me. I've never met Guido. How would I know if Guido's saved or not? How would I know she's been praying for Guido to serve the Lord and come to church with her? And you've been praying for him for a while. God, we know you hear and answer our prayers. Touch him, Holy Spirit. More and more and more. Maybe anointing just be like a magnet. And I pray, God, you said you give us favor with God and favor with man. Then when she invites Guido, for some reason, he won't know why, but he'll say, yeah, I'll go to church. What the heck? <laughs> Touch him, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You have a wonderful spirit about you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Man, I feel the anointing so strong. Hallelujah. I pray the Lord touches you. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. That strength would come into your body. More and more and more and more. Better and better. Jesus mighty name makes sense yeah God knows everything hallelujah God bless you guys hallelujah I pray the Lord touches you is that alright in Jesus mighty name you're going to get better and better honey stronger and stronger in mind soul body and spirit touch your Lord Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nice to meet you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I never make an apology. Taking time to minister to people. 
I don't care who comes and doesn't come. I'd rather give God the glory than see people get touched by God's spirit. People can say whatever they want about me and try and trash me. Can really give a rip. The same people have never seen God move on anything anywhere. I'm telling you, I know when the breath of God's blowing. God is moving. You're going to enjoy that new job. It's a good transition. The job you're at now, or you're leaving... I also say it was like a hindrance to your spirit and a hindrance to your faith. Does that make sense? You can read between the lines. We've been friends long enough. I think you'll enjoy the next one. And I pray it doesn't hinder you from coming to church either. You get hours you want to work. Days you want to work, things you want to do. God give you great favor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Can I pray for you? You put up with me long enough. I'm going to pray for you now. <laughs> How would I tell you in a nice way? You weren't so sure about me. Right? It's okay. It's all right. You could be on the fence. It's an uncomfortable place to be. Don't ever try sitting on the fence. Amen. <laughs> she invited you. Good. The Lord's been touching her. It's been a wonderful thing. And she's been after you to come, huh? A little bit, yeah. Uh, did you ever tell me that? No, I didn't even know you had a friend. Hey, man. <laughs> I won't tell you everything, but I'll just say you're on the fence a little bit about me. It's okay. And about this and the whole thing. I'm going to pray for you. The Lord touches you. Things that were, I'll say, kind of rocky or rough in the past, that God kind of gives you some relief to. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's the anointing. Because I don't even know what your name is. I'm sorry. David. David. He was a great man in the Bible. But I could tell even the whole time I was preaching, I'm not so sure. He's kind of long. Kind of not sure. It's okay. But God's doing something in your spirit. And even things from the past that have been hindrances. The Bible says it's like little foxes that ruin the spoil. It's almost like having a pebble in your shoe. The littlest things can stick with us and throw us off. Make sense? All right, I won't embarrass you. I'm not one to make people cry, so it'd have to be the anointing. It's okay. It's just God touching you right where you are. She's been praying God to touch you. Did you know that? No. You never told me that, did you? But that's what you've been praying. So either God's real or I'm a fake. But I'm a darn good fake if I was. 
But sometimes the Lord allows me to see what people have been praying for, what people have been believing for. I believe it's so God shows people that Jesus really cares about them. And here's an answer to their prayers. Now, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for my new friend, David. And I thank you that the prayer of a righteous person availeth much. Holy Spirit, do only you can do. Touch these wonderful people, Lord. And all this past, I'll say this rocky road of the past, does not have to determine your future. Failure can just be used as fertilizer. So, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for this wonderful people. Touch them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Nice to meet you. be good. It's going to be good. Even when you've wondered, it's going to be good. It's going to work. I think I told you this before. It must have been your dad or somebody. Got on your case a little bit about church or reading the Bible or something. Yeah. Not just because I love you, but you're in the right place, in the right season. Hallelujah. Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. I don't have to wonder. Just keep stepping. Hallelujah. Amen. You like the gifts of the Spirit. Thank you, Father. You're not used to seeing somebody going around doing this, are you? No. It's okay. It was new to me too. <laughs> but it's what brought you back here. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you, my friend. Better and better. Past is in the past. Path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter till the full coming of the day. <laughs> Isn't that right? It's been a hard road. It's only going to get better. Whew. I think I'm done. The words of Forrest Gump, I think I'll go home now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. One more, and then I'll quit. I think. It'll be all right. It'll be good. Hey, how you framing? Los Angeles, California. Good to see you. Your sister finally got you here, huh? <laughs> Not teasing. You have a wonderful family, you know that? Yeah. 
wonderful grandparents. Your aunt's got great faith. And the Lord's been touching her. So I'm glad you're here. The Lord's going to touch you too. Is that all right? There's different types of people. Extroverts. Some are real extroverted. Like Megan. Amen. Myself. Other people are introverted. One is not better than the other. Everybody's made beautiful and wonderful in the eyes of God. It's okay. You don't have to be nervous. I'm not that scary. Rick's scary. I'm not. Amen. It's okay. I pray the Lord touches you. And that thing that, I'll just say it like that, that nervous bit, that being shy, whatever it might be, just be who you are. You don't have to fit the mold. I never fit any mold, and here I am. Some people think I'm weird. I think I'm pretty all right. I like me, and God likes me. He doesn't want the problem. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, Every ill word that has held you back, if I can say it like that, we take authority over it. May you know you're loved by God, that God has a great plan for you. Hallelujah. You're a thinker. Did you know that? We just thought about thinking about it. Amen. It's okay. Some quiet people are the smartest people I know. It's okay to love God in your own way. Hallelujah. And I pray for your mom and dad too. Is that okay? That the angels would touch them, the Holy Spirit would touch them. Awaken their hunger. Thank you, Lord. Touch them, Lord. Touch them, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I'm glad you're here. I mean that. She been bugging you? She's been coming. Yeah, a little bit. It's okay. She's been getting touched to the Lord. She keeps coming back for more. Some people are glutton for punishment. No, I'm teasing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord is going to give you something, if I could say it like that. Because you're thinking all the time. Now, I pray this all the time for the people in this church, but I want you to know this. I pray for people to have a dream, an invention, or a business, or an idea, or all the above. It's good with me. But God needs people who can think and solve problems. 
can't all open our mouths and put our foot in. Amen. okay to have thoughts from God. God will take you great places. Just keep your faith in Him. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You boys all right up here? Keep losing your keys or what? God gave you a truck and now you can't keep the keys in your hands or what? You think I'm kidding. God gave him a truck for a dollar. Imagine having a faith like a young person to believe God. Amen? Where the truck's a Ford and the tractor's green. Amen. That's my kind of people. I'm going to pray the Lord's blessing over you. I'm going to do something Jesus would never do. I'm going to leave you. Amen. Now I'm going to go upstairs and sit down and have something to drink. You guys good? You enjoying what God's doing? Take your daughter by the hand. Both of you, I don't care. Chris Stapleton, you can take her by the other hand if you want. Lay a hand, I don't care. Amen. Lord's touching her right where she is. She grabbed onto this message tonight, too. Faith was jumping on the inside. Growing and growing and growing. Let me help you. The Holy Spirit's moving. Your future's improving. You didn't make a mistake moving back. God knew exactly what he was doing. From the big city right on back. Thank you, Lord. Better and better and better. The family unit growing and growing and growing. Hallelujah. Look at how the Lord is touching you. Just keep receiving what he's doing. That's the Holy Spirit. Everybody lift your hands one more time in this house. Now, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I thank you that Jesus is who he says he is, and God can do what he says he can do. I thank you, Lord, you're touching people all over this house. Signs, wonders, and miracles taking place. God, breakthroughs and turnarounds. Breakthroughs and turnarounds. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, breakthroughs and turnarounds. I put on angels on assignment. He's in Tennessee, isn't he? Yeah. It's okay. God knows right where he is. He needs to get his butt home. Amen. He's down there working, finishing up some jobs or something. Yeah, I don't even think he told me that. In Jesus' mighty name. Better and better and better, Father. Angels on assignment right to Tennessee. Send that bad report right back to hell where it belongs.
He's lived this long. He's going to die. No, he shall live. I curse that foul spirit of cancer trying to flare up again. Take authority over it in the mighty name of Jesus. Gifts of healing, working of miracles. Angels, do it now in Jesus' mighty name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Tell him he better get himself up here and smack that thing right out of him in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to give to missions on our way out the door. You're welcome to stay as long as you want. Somebody better be making me a hamburger. Amen. Everybody upstairs is eating cheeseburgers around me. They know I can't eat before I preach. And Grant can't eat before he sings. Bunch of heathens. <laughs> Lift your hands one more time. Say, Father, I believe that something good is going to happen to me. Say, I expect a miracle. Say, this week and furthermore, I will frame everything I see the way God sees it. Father, I receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody give God a mighty hand of praise. Come on, you can do better than that. You can bring an offering to the altar of the Lord. Have a great week.